welcome to the Mr. Alex podcast today. We have a very special person, my grandpa. And so we're going to be interviewing him and now we're not gonna ask our typical questions, but instead some of some stuff like what his childhood was like. So what was your like typical childhood day when you were growing up? When I was growing up, uh, we had freedom to run around the block. There were no fences between houses anything like that and so we had full run of that we uh, played games we played baseball football and um, make-believe uh, it was the end of world war ii and so we instead of playing cowboys and indians we played nazis and americans so that was the kind of thing we did okay i know i told you to have the next one but he kind of led into the second another question so World War II, as a child, like how was that like different than like how a child would be today? Wow. Well, you knew that we were at war with somebody, and you knew that somebody was slowly taking over the European continent, and everybody knew who the Nazis were. They knew who Hitler was. They knew Mussolini. We see these things on the Saturday shows and the news, and we'd hear about them. So um, we knew that there's a tension there, and so uh, I can tell you what some of the things that went on in our neighborhood then. At that time, I would have been five, six years old before the end of the war, and so I we all knew what was going on. We uh, had to practice. At night, certain nights, uh, pretending if we had an attack on Dallas, all the lights would have to go out in your everybody's house. Uh, you pull down the blinds in case you had a candle inside. Spotlights then you see spotlights going over the skies in Dallas, and they, it, if you weren't didn't have your lights out, you have a warden who would come by and remind you. So, so we knew those possibilities existed, but it wasn't in high concern. Like right now, we feel pretty comfortable. That's the difference. Okay. Um. Well, what was your favorite band? Like, um, music band. A what? What was your favorite music band? What was your favorite band growing up? like music-wise? Oh, gee, it only depends on the age that I was. Uh, all the good music I heard, quite frankly, was on the radio when my mother listened to these soap operas. And I, I did enjoy that because they were uh, deep feeling music. And so what did I listen to? Uh, later on, can I push it up to the 50s? Yeah. Okay, in the 50s, uh, the rock and roll era had come on streaming. The black music had picked up and become a hot item because they had a certain freedom mm -hmm. in, uh, in their songs and what they did. And uh, high school, I'm going to move on to high school real quick because that's the time when the sportatorium, the city of Dallas, they held wrestling matches. But once a year they would have a rock and roll show and they would have Little Richard, they would have 
fast domino. It has, uh, no, I can't even think of who all right now because I'm nervous. <laughs> but anyway, there, there would be the, the, the Little Richard, uh, I can't think of him right now, mind blown. But anyway, so we, there's five of us guys decided we would go down and see this. But you got to realize all these people I've named, they're black. So that was a real calling. You didn't buy your tickets till you got there and the tickets were, I think on the tickets were $1.75 and there's just mobs outside waiting to get inside. And to get inside, you had to stand there and kind of work your way up to the ticket office. And it was so crowded, you could honestly lift your feet up. We were stuffed in that tight. And so anyway, that's, that's how we got in. And then we got in, you look around, 97% black. And we little white boys, we went and sat in the very top row, we just kind of stayed anonymous. But the music was fabulous. So those are the guys, the early rock and roll dudes were, they were outstanding. So we did that twice. And so anyway, that was the good music. That's the best music. All right, so going back to your childhood a little bit, were you like the obedient child or were you like a rambunctious child? Or were you like somewhere in between? Well, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I have to say I probably was in between because I always felt like I was going to do the right thing. And, uh, and you know, I, I hadn't really given my life to Christ at that time, but I knew God was the one who was guiding me. I don't know, I was just led in some, some way. We went to Church Christ Sunday, uh, Sunday school in church. Uh, and so I was, I was really very obedient, but every once in a while, I, I you want to hear one of the stories? Yes. Okay. I, I, I did have a sense of humor back then. I was older than my little sister, Marilyn. And so she was about six and six and I was about eight and uh, I thought it was going to be the funniest thing. She's in the other end of the house and I got myself a little pail of water and I, a pail and I filled it up with water. And then I got the door coming into the living room area and, and I shut it so it was almost shut but it wasn't. But it's enough. I got on a chair and I got this bucket and I put it on top. I've seen it in the movies. They're really funny. It always works in the movies. It always works in the movies. So I called her down, Marilyn, Marilyn, come here quick. And she came running down the hall and pushed that door open and it, it came straight down here on the head and water went all over the living room. So, uh, that's a little bit of my mischievous side, but I'll uh, don't do that again. <laughs> mother, mother laid the story on me, but I, she didn't need to. Oh, that hurt. I felt really bad. Did what I said, and, and I did a couple other things like that to Marilyn, but I could spend all night on some of that stuff. Could you share your testimony? 
share my testimony? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, like how you came to Christ? How I came to Christ. I, I'll tell you what finally, I always worried about it. One thing I, is, I'm embarrassed to say that's what I worried about is I was worried about the end of the earth, end of the world could come. Would I be left behind even though I knew who Christ was? And But, but I hadn't, I was kind of like a doubting Thomas, I guess. I didn't have it all together and I couldn't convince myself and I wasn't going to be a hypocrite at doing it. So some of my friends used to say, come on, Robert, let's go down. And I couldn't convince myself yet. So we were in a car a double day in Dallas and Peter Taylor. And uh, we had been out uh, to a dinner and some parties and we were headed home. And so they started talking about Christ. Well, in the meantime, I decided I would take a nap. And so I was pretending to take a nap. I didn't, but I sat there and I listened to them talk of Christ as Savior, and uh, you know, I, I guess that's where I kind of convinced myself right then. I, I need some... No, I can tell you one more story that really convinced me. We went on a picnic out to uh, one of the local lakes, and uh, one, uh, Christine got in the, the side of the water, and her Foot, her got stuck. Her shoe got stuck, and in the meantime, we, waves were coming in a little bit higher and higher. And something told me, leave it, don't do it. And <clears throat> Lynn got a little upset with me because I said I was, had this strange feeling. So we went back to our um, park bench. It was all they were all concrete, and all of a sudden the winds were coming in. And you see the waves building up. You could see some of the sailboats getting knocked over. You saw one truck had the backside thrown around. Hell started coming down. And the hell was coming down in big, you know, one inch size balls. And uh, a mother was sitting over there with her children. And all she could do was hover them in her arms and hold on to the concrete and her back was getting pelted with and so and I looked up oh what is going on and so help me I looked way up there and I could see this one piece of hell coming down it came down and the wind swept it and I thought hey, so help me right between the eyes it got me and I was lucky and I was blessed. <laughs> so uh, that I had been asking God for a sign, something dynamic for, for you know over a week. I don't think that's what you had in mind though. <laughs> or was he it? He did. It worked. I mean, he gave me the sign that I wanted. I wanted some something strong that I was concerned about my family but I didn't want anybody to get hurt. And I mean, I, I had these conversations every day riding home from work. I've had my conversations <laughs> and uh, it was all quite internally. And anyway, I think that that was when I decided, Robert, it is time. And that week uh, I called the pastor at the at, uh, Highland Park Methodist Church, 
told him I wanted to be baptized. <laughs> and usually they like to have a notice and put it in the paper and all that. But he said, you ain't giving me any. This Sunday? <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> and so we were. And so, uh, wow. What a, what a, I was nervous. I was going in like that my first day ever. I did that, that's the way I was feeling. But anyway, I knew it was the right direction and everything. And so that's when I formally accepted Christ as my Savior. Right. What was your favorite subject in school? Drafting. It was in, in high school. We didn't have computers doing the drawing. Mm. You do it by hand. And A&M had a competition for the state of Texas for um, drafting contests. Who had the best? So, so anyway, uh, my professor submitted it. I, I was making A's in, in that class, and uh, at the end of the year, they were going to have an awards program for all the football players, all these heroes, and baseball, that one this and one that one that. And so helped me the week before the that came. My prof called me up to the front and showed me that. I had gotten third place in the state of Texas. And uh, I said, thank heavens. I wanted to get here before the, the award program. <laughs> and I told him that. And, and he just looked at me like, you're crazy. You knew it was coming? <laughs> so anyway, so that's why he was my favorite. And he would let me come in at lunch and just come in and do my own drawings. And I would take go outside and run blueprints from the sun shining through on to this ammonia and print up my, draw, my own drawings and so he, he was a good guy. So the typical like childhood dream jobs today are like being an astronaut, being a doctor, or being like a dinosaur. So like what were like the typical dream childhood like I want to be this when I grow up in your generation? Architect. Architect. No question. I built models and I love to do that. Sometimes I'd be a scale models for my little cars that look like the old historic times. And, and I just wanted to build things. And uh, so I wanted to be an architect. So everything I took was on one goal and to, to, be, to be the architect. And some of it sounds crazy, you know, you go all the way through college and then you're graduating, you know what you're gonna do? I never question what I do. Some of the guys said, what are, you, what are you going to do? I don't know what kind of job or what I want to be in, really be an architect, you know. And so I, I can't even comprehend them going all the way through college. And but yes, loved it. Right, what do you remember about the Vietnam War? Bad. I guess that's the best way to describe it. It was bad, it was terrible. Uh, I, know, I was too young, you know, to be going in. Wait, wait, Vietnam. No, I'm thinking about it more a little earlier. Uh, maybe that's when I was in college. Lots of the people were finding every excuse to not be drafted because it was a war that we felt like we couldn't win. So uh, some of them got married, and they won't take you if you're married or if you have children. And uh, I ended up chose I didn't want to go. But my dad had cancer, so I took, uh, I was going to have to go in, so 
because I had just been re-identified as A1. So I decided I'm going back to grad school and take all the classes I wanted to always take so that I would be here when Dad passed away. And it's exactly what happened. My first, very first semester on my thesis, I got the notice that you need to come in the hospital. So that's, that's my little interest comment about the, the war. And uh, I heard from many people about the Vietnam War. They just thought it was terrible because we were fighting a, a war that we could not win. Okay. What was your favorite thing to do as a kid? As a what? As a teen? A child, or yeah. Uh, well, play soccer. Uh, yeah, well, I just created our own team so we could play soccer. Uh, what else? Favorite thing to do? Play some kind of sport, you know, when I'm not in school and everything. That I guess that was my favorite thing. I helped Bobby coach. Uh, she had the girls team, and so she drugged me, always drugged me places. She said, hey, come on with me. So I went up there and I did the tossing the ball out, hitting the ball to the different girls so they could practice passing, picking up, going home. And uh, the thing was that the catcher was a good looking blonde. <laughs> so anyway, don't give me that look. <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway. That, that was a byproduct. But anyway, that's where I developed confidence in baseball, handling things, and umpiring, whatever. That's, that's some of my, I guess those are my favorite things. I was going dancing. Bobby and I would go dancing. And I didn't know how to dance. She didn't know how to dance, but some of the military guys said, don't worry about it, just get on the dance floor and go. <laughs> so we would go to uh, the Veterans of Foreign War, uh, club that her mother was members of. And we would go out and hang out and listen to the music and we would just dance up a storm. And I, I learned how to dance and so I continued looking to dance. Alright, so this was not an original question, but like right before the interview you had talked a little about, about your mom's life yes. and how it like differed from yours. Can you go into a little bit more detail? About mother? Yeah. Wow. Uh, quick background is that her mother uh, had a chance to get married and she already had some children I don't know the story there uh, but the guy she was going to marry she said I will marry you on one condition and that is if you take these children and me every Sunday to church and Indeed, he did. Every Sunday, he would take them to church, and uh, he didn't typically always go. But he'd take them in the Model T, drive them up to church. At, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember where it, where it was. Lisbon Church of Christ, I think it was. So anyway, so that was her, and her idea was that they, children need to learn of Christ, and that's what mother learned. And she, every night before going to bed, they would say the prayer we all have heard, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. Uh, pray the Lord my soul to keep. And uh, so that's how my mother grew up. 
and she knew you had to have responsibilities uh, because you lived on a farm and you everybody had to help doing their thing and so uh, she knew that was part of her her job and so she would she would do her part and then after that after she was married and we children came along she continued that uh, in a Christian living in a Christian manner and uh, and that's how she did, built herself acting as a Christian should and uh, well, well I don't can't think of any particular details to tell you uh, and I'll think of it just after y'all leave probably. <laughs> I have another question about pre-you. Do you know if we're related to anyone famous? Do I what? Do you know if we're related to anyone famous? Do I relate to anyone famous? No, I do not know if I am related to anyone famous. Elijah's one. He won a bunch of medals. <laughs> and you've done a good job on all your photos. Uh, you've been in uh, Swan Lake and Ballet. So yeah, yes. It's family, and, and that is exciting. And, and your mom and dad, you guys are so lucky to have someone who is so Christian-based. I mean, I, I am so proud. I, I can't tell you how proud I am of your mother because I didn't know, didn't know her that well yet. But golly, she, I know Scott, and he, he does his fair share too. Y'all are blessed. Haley's got the next question. Okay. Who was your role model model when you were younger? Who was my role model? Oh, wow. Well, let's say my dad, he always worked hard doing the right thing. And he's the, he's the one who was willing to help me on my car. I had to get my own money to buy a car and he would help me go out and help work on it and we would go to wrecking yard sometimes to get extra parts and stuff and so and i didn't know until later on some of the other high school buddies said you don't know how lucky you are to have your dad help you out like he does and we'd go out there and sit out till late at night working on cars so yeah, he, he's, a, he's a good role model. And then other than that, I went to uh, success seminars. And that's where you go. That's where you get your influence. And they would have some of the top football players come and speak to you. They'd have some of the top successful business people. And so there's a lot of people that I kind of, uh, I, I gained information from that gave me guidance. So there's a lot of people, uh, but I'll, I'll stick with family first. Okay, so we have two things behind us, and I actually planned one of them, but not the other one. So right behind us is a TV. So what did you think when like TV first came around? Did you think it was like just this trend that would pass over? Did you think it was like super cool, or did you think it was like from the demons? Oh man, I thought it was so super cool. Yes, you know, uh, I would listen to the radio. I, I lived on radio on Saturday. I found my own radio station and they didn't have football stuff. But I'd do my own thing on that. But then my grandmother, Granny Murray, she ended up thinking in an Admiral TV 
black and white, but they had baseball games on it, and they had uh, Captain Midnight, and you know they had Sky King and all this stuff. And no, I thought that was fabulous. And we we walk up the street on Tuesday nights where one of our neighbors had a color TV, and so we would go up there and watch wrestling matches. <laughs> and no, I thought this is good. So they, they'll just get to be a little better, a little better. And then sure enough. These were bulb. You had to have bulbs that would fit into your TV. And to get those bulbs, one burned out, you could go up to 7-Eleven. They would sell different size bulbs for your TV. And so I thought, hey, these are getting to be a better and better deal. And so, yeah, no, I thought, man, it's going to be better and better, but I didn't expect this large screen stuff. Like, But, but I, I love them, and now I just want them better and better. So I, I, that's where I think we should always be. Try to make things better than you found them. We have two more questions, and normally how this would work is I would ask the funny one last, but the the last, the, the one I was about to ask might have us get up, so I'm going to ask the funny one first, and then the one. So, if your shoes had to be made, I'm already laughing. I'm waiting to hear one. If your shoes had to be made out of one type of like meat that you would eat, what would it be? Like sandwich meat or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty funny, huh? What? Uh, boy, that that is. Uh, I'm trying to come up with a funny answer. Uh, make it. Uh, why would I have it made out of? That's the most stupid question <laughs> I think I have ever heard. The last ones tend to be pretty. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to think of some large language meat that you could wrap over uh, one side to the other. What do they make moccasins out of? Well, that's leather. Huh. Uh, well, anyway. It is a pretty funny question, so I'm gonna say I'd get a large sheet of luncheon meat and wrap it around and and be able to run fast though in case some animal comes after you wanting you shoot. Okay, so my last question is there are paintings behind us and they may not know this, but you painted all of them. Correct. Do you have a favorite painting? No, it doesn't have to be behind us. Of these? Well it doesn't have to be of these, just in your house. What is the favorite one that you painted? And we can get up and go to it if you want. Oh man! Oh, I've got some that were black and white to show the whole concept is that nothing's really black and white except numbers, and I have binary numbers running across it. But let me look. Of the uh, that's the Amish country, and I love that's just a classy, clean picture right there. That catches the moods, and uh, these, I just love water, and so these are pretty great. This one has an interesting composition to it, just all black and white. It's got black and white uh, contrast, black to white, and then it's kind of like colorful rain coming down. And you notice they don't all line up. You, that's, nature doesn't do that. 
And so they just kind of shift off with little different colors and different straight lines. And uh, so that's one of my favorite tooth though. You want the favorite one? Sure. It is in my Bible right now and I carry it in case I have a chance. It's right here, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. It's a beautiful thing, and I've got the full verses right there. You know, there's a time for all things, and uh, time to, for birth, time to die, you know, time to plant, time to harvest, and so, and then time for war, time for peace. So you have all of that shown, and here's, here's the clock. You'll notice there's no, name, no arrows on it. So there's a time for all things. And then I have each of the four seasons shown here. So it has a message and I think it's a good composition. This was the first picture. There may be more than you want. This is because of your mom. The time I, she asked all of us one day about what we wish we had done in life. And I told her, Oh, I wish I had continued paint oil painting. And so I left it out, but so help me when the next birthday or Christmas came, she had gotten me a gift certificate to go get that, and she gave me a blank canvas. And that started all of my paintings again, which I always wanted to do. So that is it. Well, thank you. My pleasure.